2: Doro's one that better watch out because I'm coming for her. There you go, Warlock, sign of Satan. Welcome back to the Heavy Metal Mayhem Radio Show, the first show in September of 2015. And we turn seven years old this month, next week to be uh, exact, uh, but we're kicking off this month in a great way. Max Cavalera from Soulfly and Cavalera Conspiracy is our guest tonight as well as Steve Smith from One Machine. So don't forget, we got a great one for you lined up this month. Stick around every week if you can. And we've also contacted the Guinness Book of World Records because our co-host has made it back like three weeks in a row right now. Hey, what's going on?
3: And three's my lucky number, so... (laughs) Uh,
2: Oh, man. uh, (laughs) It almost kills me that football and hockey is getting ready to gear up again because we will probably uh, lose you for the next six months.
3: Well, we'll we'll see what this this season looks like, you know, as far as Um, the... You know, the scheduling,
2: you know? Well, it's always good to know that was second best. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no big deal. Hey, well, before we go with any further music today, did you see that article on, uh, you know, I, I, I follow TMZ religiously. I love my gossip, you know, about that yeah. Mexican guy with a 19-inch penis. It weighs like 24 pounds or something, whatever the hell it was. No, I didn't see that. that on go, to, go to go to, no no go to TMZ the website because they have like a view up of it, and they show yeah. you like his penis. This thing looks like like a lead pipe. It's got to be about six inches wide. It's 19 inches long at rest, and they put like a little sock over the head so like you know so they could film it, and they they put it on like one of those little deli scales like on his bed to weigh it. <laughs> and the guy oh, was God. like, "This thing has been a burden my whole life." Uh, I can't even, he goes, I can't even kneel and pray. And I go to church and I've had a hard time finding the work. You know, so oh, I was like, you know what? I'll convert to Judaism. Give me the 20 inch penis. I'll become a Jew so I don't have to kneel no more and pray in hmm. church. I'm like, holy crap. The 19 inches and he can't find work. The, the vivid entertainment boy says, don't worry about it. I got plenty of work for you.
3: Yeah, he made I can imagine.
2: Holy crap. Oh, my, can you imagine? Oh, that? Are you see. Go to TMZ. Must, may, maybe his mommy
3: had uh,
2: sex with a donkey or something. I don't know what she had. I don't know. I wish my mother did that. I, I don't know. i got to be honest with you. No, that. I don't know,
3: say but that. Jesus.
2: Holy God. cow. i got to tell you. Unbelievable. No, unbelievable. that's
3: not real. I'm looking at it right now. That's not real.
2: That's real. It's on TMZ. That's like the the Bible of uh, entertainment. It looks like a loaf of bread. I don't know what it is, but he says he can't go to church because he can't kneel and pray. Oh, I don't know. Christ. That that's I don't know. Uh, I somebody makes that guy an offer. Just it's not fair. That should be like five <laughs> to ten different things. <laughs> <benises. laughs> right now right now there's a group of black men saying, Holy shit <laughs> 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 nah, right now
3: there's NFL guys going, Holy moly That's a lot of beef Oh, I see, they wrapped it up in like a fucking ace bandage Like a sock an
2: ace bandage, that
3: was it, yeah And he's not even erect, could you imagine? No, oh, that's geez. what I just said, he's not erect right.
2: I wanted to show my wife that all I, well, I was like, forget about it it's No, like don't, don't. That. you'll ruin her for life I, mean. I know, I know I know, I gotta an convince her what I got yeah. is as big as it comes Well,
3: he's hitting himself in the face with it What?
2: Oh my god <laughs> He even said he's got that from Caitlyn Jenner. I, I don't know, but that's that. If that is real, which he got I think that it from is,
1: Caitlyn Jenner. <laughs> 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 uh, that is impressive.
2: That, I, I don't know why Howard Stern hasn't had this guy in the show yet, even with a translator.
3: Well, he he had the guy with the biggest balls. I don't know if you ever heard about that guy. I uh, yeah,
2: yeah, that one I did. Yes. Now he's gonna get this check, guy on
3: yeah, this. He check must that guy. But needed. he finally he finally died. That guy. He had an operation. Oh. He survived the operation, but he died some kind of infection.
2: You well, get that guy
3: clean. together oh with God. that
2: guy. What a combination! Of, can you imagine that? Can you imagine getting T Big and then ran with that thing? Holy cow!
3: Well, see, yeah, yeah, that guy, the uh, black guy with the big, the, uh, he was a black guy actually, with the uh, oversized scrotum. With that, yeah. with that thing right there, it's matched perfectly.
2: You're not kidding! <laughs> <laughs> Holy cow! Because the
3: sad thing was. The guy with the big scrotum, he had, like, little, you know, whatever he had was sucked up in his scrotum. So when he peed, it just dribbled out all up. Oh, I'm getting nauseous right now. <laughs> my brajol was starting to come up. <clears throat>
1: oh, my God. Don't know what to <laughs> uh-huh.
3: Oh, Jesus. That, we don't
2: want that happening. You're sick. I, I mean, mean, I didn't even know. I didn't even see this. I saw just, that, man. Well, you got to remember, I go to TMZ every day. I love my, my Hollywood gossip. That's like my uh, uh, my one thing, you know, like my, my guilty pleasure. I love, you know, yeah. caring about what's going on. I
3: wonder what Kanye West has to say about that.
2: Holy moly. <laughs> <I don't> know, <laughs> <right>? <laughs> Maybe he'll make that guy who's running me for president. Who knows?
3: Maybe Kim Kardashian is starting to Twitter the guy. <laughs>
2: she <might be> like,
3: <laughs> She needs something bigger. <laughs> something bigger. Whatever she has right now is not big enough. I don't know. Oh, uh, Lord. That's impressive. It's like you said. So like, it is Wonder Bread. It's a wonder fucking yeah. loaf. <laughs> I'll
2: tell you that. I don't know what, That is amazing. Holy cow. Oh. All right. I, I guess we got to get back to the music eventually over here, but uh, yeah, that's just yeah, incredible. I, Holy shit. Well, you know, a lot of new music has been coming out lately, and a, a lot of it has been impressing me. Uh, you know, I, there are a lot of bands who I thought were going to have, like, really put out shitty, like, the Paul Deanna Architects of Chaos, a little bit better than I thought it was going to be. Uh, so yeah. I, that kind of, like, threw me for a loop, so I couldn't really badmouth it. Uh, the, the Jeff Tate, the one song I heard, wasn't too bad. Considering what he's been doing, that wasn't yeah. bad. But we haven't gotten the whole yeah. thing yet, you know. We'll have to wait on that. Right, but now right, I heard, right. uh, I was watching the video for the new Uh, I think it's called The Guardian or something, the song. You um, know, uh-huh. they brought, the, the song itself is pretty good. I got to be honest with you, musically it's good. It, it's got a little bit of that, you know, Queensryche have a very distinctive guitar sound. And right. it's kind of there in the background, even though it sounds a little different than Queensryche. But you know, I know they took Todd in because the guy is a great singer, and he kind of really did the Tate stuff like Tate used to do in the old days. Yeah. And I'm listening to the new song, and it sounds like he's imitating Tate on the new music. So yeah. like, I, I was playing it, the video, and like I was like distracted, I wasn't watching the computer, and like, yeah. you know, I mean, I, I was listening, to, I, I was listening to Jeff Tate singing with Cruise. <clears throat> like. Right now, you're doing your own music now. You'd want to kind of establish your own voice and vocal style, Pro, and I'm imitate the guy and. Listen to the song The Guard if you get a chance. Good song, but I'm like he sounds like he's just imitating Jeff Tate now and that doesn't make sense to me. I mean, now you know, that works
3: in Tate the Tate songs, but Absolutely. now you're writing new stuff. Even the last um the last thing that they put out, you know, he he had like echoes of Tate
2: in his voice.
3: I don't know if but it's he, the way the guys are writing, maybe it's the same he, key. No, but he
2: did. But he did. He did have a little bit of that even with his old bands. He did have a little bit right. of that in him. Right, right. I guess Obviously, that's why they Tate want him was, at right, Yeah, I guess Tate and,
3: and you know, Dickinson, those type of singers were his,
2: uh, Yeah. you
3: know, his influence, so.
2: But you would think two albums in now, at least on your songs, you right. know, you start moving it to your own vote. I mean, hey, listen, they the reason Judas Priest got ripped was because it sounded dead on like Rob Halford. I mean, that's the only right. reason he was in the group. But even on his second record with them, he changed True. it up a little bit. He didn't rely he so did, much on... Did. That sound, you know, well, and I think even the a first track,
3: even his first record was not. True. It wasn't. You couldn't. You couldn't say that was Halford. It was his no, own true. voice. You're right. You're right. Only and, he when he did. Only when he call. did the pre stuff, he actually yeah. nailed it, so to speak. Yeah. So, uh, I see what you mean. I don't know. I what you mean? That's a little disappointing.
2: I know, We'll have to see when the whole thing comes out and uh, get more of a. I know, yeah, we're it's like, one them, tune. On, yeah. Yeah, we're gonna have them on the show. I know that. I think next month. Because uh, Munce handling that uh, press, so uh, we'll probably okay. have somebody from the band on, and, and we're actually gonna have Jeff Tate on too. So it'll be uh-huh. pretty funny, and totally yeah, I can have both. Yeah, totally. That. <laughs> Especially That's if funny. you get them both the same show, that would be fantastic. And we can kind of let yeah. one bleed into the other. Pretty cool. <laughs> but uh, also, there's new Slay is out finally, and you know, you got half the people ripping it apart, the other half swearing that they love it. Other people saying it's not bad. And I don't know about you but my I've kind of given up on the notion of like those classic bands recreating I don't Slay is never gonna give us Haunt in the Chapel again, never gonna give us Die by the Sword again. I've given up on that. You know, so I kinda of just take it for what it is and it's not really bad overall. No, it's not you know,
3: terrible.
2: No, better than the last it's few not, but uh,
3: it's not, not uh, show no mercy, anger. it's
2: not Exactly, oh yeah, well, thank God for that. i not Saint
3: anger, it's not death, well, death, magnetic was half and half, but yeah, you know, it's not son of anger, whatever the uh, next one was after that.
2: Oh, a damage, uh, damaging. No, damage. no, how was that? Yeah. I don't even know, to be um, honest. With you. The one wrecking. with the blood,
3: the one with the blood, <laughs> I know, that you wasn't thought... even. Was
2: that Saint was Anger? Saint Anger. That was Saint Anger. They had one after that. I don't even remember. Damage? I, I don't even know. They're so forgettable, you don't even want to remember them. What the hell was it? I of
3: that Don't even bother. So
2: <laughs> I should look even at it. I
3: just don't have the time. Yeah.
2: Sane <laughs> Anger. Yeah, no, I mean, it has, it has... And, and oh, Death f- Magnetic. That's it. Death Mag- Magnetic.
3: No, well, Death Mag- Magnetic is the newest, no?
2: That was the last one.
3: Yeah, it was the last one. But there was Sane Anger and then there was like, son of Anger right after it or something like that.
2: Oh, I don't even know.
3: The one with the blood in the yeah, scene and anger. on the cover...
2: Huh? Yeah, St. Anger. St. Anger. Yeah, Saint. Yeah, yeah
3: well, I, I gave up after it. All right, don't worry I don't about want it. Not yeah, that no,
2: important. Yeah, nobody... It's Metallica. Nobody cares anymore.
3: Well, you yeah, <laughs> know, any of your fans kind of gave up on them after, you know... Yeah. After the Black Album.
2: Happens. Yep. I gave up on them before the Black Album, so... I never liked the Black Album either. You know, it's... I actually you
3: know like I was, song. I was to a lot of... There were good songs on the Black Album and on... Um, uh, Justice for All, good songs. But I think the key thing was not having um, um, Cliff Burton. A bass player. Yeah, Cliff, yeah, Cliff Burton. I yep. think that had a lot to do with it. And even though, like, you know, whatever, you, you know, a lot of people say, oh, he's just a bass player. No, he was a driving no. force of that band, definitely.
2: Absolutely.
3: Load. Load. Yep. Load, load and Reload. It. Those were the albums. Thank you, much. Oh, okay. Thank you, Chiron. Oh, Alright, I'm sorry, I can't read
2: <laughs> It's okay <Yeah. laughs> That's all right. Hey, you know what, let's get on some new Slayer right now We'll dig into that record And then right after that, we'll get on some new Masters of Metal This is the band that was basically Agent Steel They had to change the name because John Cyrus kind of owns the name, I think uh, So it's mostly the same guys I think Bernie's doing the vocals now And he actually did a good job on the EP uh, And I'm sure he does a good job on this album as well I just haven't heard it yet, so this is the first time I'm playing it also So yeah. let, let's dig to something from the Slayer record that nobody's been playing yet uh you know what we'll do piano wire and then we'll go right into masters of metal sound good to you sounds good man all right here you go new slayer You know, two members of it. I think Juan uh, and Bernie, and uh, I know there were some other guys, but they weren't part of the original Agent Steel. They kind of right. played with them later on. Uh, this is the second record they've put out. Bernie Vasali is handling the vocals, and I think he's doing a great job. I mean, I do love mm. John Cyrus' vocals, but that guy's way out there. I don't know what he's doing today. I think he was abducted by aliens or some shit. We're talking about Gosh. that. we talked talking about Steve Gaines He's like these alien conspiracies. That guy and he thinks he's like. Yeah. I, it's a weird shit with that guy but uh and Neil Typen has said something about him on the show a while ago but I don't want to repeat it because it could be slanderous and I don't know if it's really true or not but uh I'll let oh, that go Okay. but new record out uh from Worlds Beyond really solid album pick it up uh if the guys are doing press I'm not too sure uh we will get the, one of them on the show we'll have to find out but I know Bernie was pretty sick for a while uh something serious I think he's over it now we'll have to find out and uh Wine's got a whole bunch of other things going on. All right, what time is it now? It's 6.25. we got to get to the interview with uh, Steve from One Machine. Uh, A lot of you guys may remember Steve from uh, Vicious Rumors. He played in Nevermore, Forbidden. Uh, Who else? He played with Testament for a while. Uh, So we're going to get that interview going in a few minutes. Uh, Steve lives in London these days. Uh, Let's get on a song off the brand new One Machine record, The Final Call on Scarlet Records. And then we'll go right into the interview, T, and then uh, we'll pick up after that with uh, Black Sabbath, We're heading on a tour for the last time, and a few other things. How does that sound? All right, man. All right, here you go. Here's Summoning of the Soul. good shit all uh, right let's get this interview going i have to apologize everybody we're still broadcasting in lo-fi because block talk radio has not figured out what the problem is that's causing the cd quality hi-fi sound uh to be messed up but hopefully they'll get it back up and running by next week uh we'll see but here's an interview with steve smith hey
0: mike
2: steve how
0: are you? good how are you
2: good i'm sorry about the confusion before
0: not at all, not at all. I, I had all. two fine. interviews
2: today. One was 11, one was two, one was changed, too. I'm I got. I'm all confused. Time zones and The is sending me nuts today. I apologize. <laughs>
0: no worries, man. No worries at all.
2: Uh, but hey, look, it's great talking to you today, man. And uh, I tell you, I've been a big fan for a long time of your music, but I tell you, with One Machine, I think you really knocked it out of the park with this band, you know? Thank you, man. Thank you. Yeah, it's been uh, been, been
0: a, a, a quite a while in the works, but uh, this time I think we got the uh, got the right lineup, you know? yeah. Um, and it's made made a difference.
2: I mean, you're talking about five, six, maybe even seven years the band's been going on, even though it had a different name, I think, in the very beginning.
0: Yeah, yeah, we did. Uh, we, we were called Firehead for uh, for a very short time. and we realized that there was uh, five other bands that actually <laughs> had the name. So we're like, nah, that's not going to happen. <laughs> yeah.
2: Well, you know, you, you look back in the 80s. I mean, there were like 100 bands with the same name, and nobody really even knew about them because you, without the internet, you had no way of knowing. There could have been a band around your corner with the same name. You would have never known.
0: That's I mean, very true. You know, Definitely.
2: it was hard, but I mean, there's something about this band—I don't know. There's like an aura that surrounds it. I mean, I mean, we've heard your vicious rumors and forbidden and then nevermore. And This band kind of combines that and a hundred other things, and, and it's like an event almost listening to your music.
0: Right, right. Well, hopefully not uh, not too too intense, but I mean, yeah, you can you can grab it and 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 headbang to it. But uh, you know, uh, I'm. Inspired, I'm influenced by by a lot of different things early on, uh, and and uh, I, I believe it it's just you know, I, I'm not really a, a boundaries guy, you know what I mean? And and, it's, and particularly when it comes to metal, I I just love all different forms, whatever the names are, you know, if, if it sounds good to me, I, I usually like it. Um, and, uh, that uh, I can also be pretty picky with stuff as well. <laughs> yeah. so, I mean, if, if it's focused too much on image as opposed to, to the actual music, then I just turn off.
2: So. Yeah. Well, I like the fact that you made the album title a little bit simpler and shorter. <laughs> <You're not gonna laughs> time, yeah, I'm
0: yeah, sure yeah.
2: Truth. But, you know what it's, but that just describes what this band is about, you know, with a title like that. It's not conventional. It's not typical. And it's just like the music.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly, and it's uh, yeah. I mean, th- this time around, yeah, we did shorten it a bit, uh, uh, but it, it just kind of uh, kind of came about. We're just thinking, well, how are we going to say what we're trying to say with with the uh, with with the story that that we kind of have with within the uh, within the, the the lyrics and and the songs themselves, um, without making it you know really a a concept thing, but just more a, 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 a kind of. Um, I guess analogies, you know, just just um, kind of transparent links back to, uh, to to everyday life. And we decided on on the final call uh, this time because that's that's what we're you know kind of looking at from from a, I guess a darker perspective about the uh, about the future with with technology and everything and and uh, where we see it heading.
2: Well, there's definitely a lot of truth in your lyrics. Uh, it's a little bit of everything. I mean, it's a little political, a little personal, uh, and definitely very dark. But I think it fits the theme of One Machine very well.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's uh it's, it's a reflection of, of what what we're uh, what we're seeing, you know, it's it's um I don't know, There's there's some really Strange things kinda of, kinda of been happening, you know, on off over, over the last several uh years, I would say. And and uh, most recently one of, one of the things that, that kinda of got me was uh uh, uh Stephen Hawking. Uh, I'm over over here in London, England, and, and uh he uh put out a uh, a statement one day that I thought just kinda of came out of the blue. Uh he's talking about AI and uh warning all these these companies that are developing it not to um uh to develop it for purposes of war because within hundred years he believes it's actually gonna take us over. Wow. And I was just like, wow, that yeah, that absolutely got
1: me going. I
2: was like, okay, uh, I think we better listen to that guy. Yeah, it's definitely thinking man's metal, if that's the right word to use for it, because you give people something to think about in the music. And do you think sometimes like people just don't get it or they can't handle it, and they just look for that, you know, old sex, drugs, rock and roll, bang your head type of music.
0: They might, yeah. I mean, you know, we're we're not totally about about the uh the message, you know, if if people get it, they get it. If not, it's there. You know, they're they're gonna get it later if they if they wanna read deeper into it. But I mean, you know, it's something you can listen to, sing along to, uh, and headbang to. Absolutely. That that's that's our our feeling on it. And um if you if you you know, read read a little bit more into it, that's what we're talking about. So I'm I'm just, just putting it out there.
1: <laughs> but, yeah.
0: Yeah. It we're we're not trying to be the, uh, the the thinking man's modern metal, you know, kinda of, kinda of band, uh yeah. type thing. That that's not our bag. But uh we are about um about good times, of course, and uh and hopefully going to see the good times instead of that. Yeah. <laughs>
2: so. You're right about that. I mean what well, I like I said this finally gives you like a chance to shine, you know, because it's all your thing. I mean you and Jamie have had this thing going since the beginning but it's basically your thing where when you're stepping into like Vicious Rumors or Nevermore, it's really an established band with the sound and a style. And even if you can contribute to it, it really doesn't feel like all yours probably where this does. Yeah. And, and I mean, you know,
0: the other part of that is, is uh, in, in those types of, uh, types of situations or roles or, or whatnot. Um, it's, it's more, uh, you know, I, I came into every one of those bands as a fan and I left a fan as well too. Uh, but, uh, that's that's kind of the uh, um i guess the um the purpose of 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 me you know being there at, at the time that i was it was either to um contribute creatively or it was to uh to just uh you know play live with with the band like in the case of testament that was uh, what what it was um with uh, with all the other bands that, that you mentioned though no, uh we actually got down and wrote uh and put out records and that was awesome that was that was a great time uh same thing with with the uh the uh, side project as well too dragon Ward. uh we, we did uh did two records with, with eric and uh steve to georgia as well that was a great time
2: yeah well you know you're, like you said you're over in london england now you feel it's a better environment musically than than over here or i mean being closer to europe where there's actually a lot more going on
0: uh I think the respect factor is is still pretty uh pretty hot here. Um not that it isn't in, in, in the States, but it's it's in pockets and uh people, you know, um I think are beginning to get a bit louder of of a voice. I mean, you know, obviously there's more festivals happening in, in the States now than uh than there have been uh in, in the last I don't know, fifteen years. Uh at least in the last ten and they've been coming up, which is great that's awesome um that's showing that that it's you know it's definitely here to stay for for a while um i heard about mayhem uh but you know i'm sure something else is going to going to come up um but yeah it's it's one of those different kinds of uh, kinds of things and um i think for for you know for me being over here um i was looking for for uh for a certain certain type of uh, type of sound and uh to me that that's the sound that I grew up on was the uh you know, the, the, the new wave uh British heavy metal, uh the early uh European metal bands, um and even you know going back to, to hard rock like like Scorpions and, and such, but I'd uh, say accept uh, definitely a big influence there uh King Diamond before that, merciful fate um you know there's a lot of uh a lot of bands over here that, that that have influenced and in turn they've influenced these musicians over here uh to play in in a certain style uh whereas you know people that I was trying to connect with over it, back in the states when I actually did start this up uh I did try over there and it it just um it was taking on too much of a modern kind of rock and lean and uh I wanted more of a uh a, a classic uh bass. Uh, with 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 modern um, kinds of leanings, so to speak.
2: Yeah. When did you actually start One Machine, or under or the original name when it was Firehead? Because I think it was still like Forbidden at that time.
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely. This was even uh, before Forbidden. This was always kind of something I, I was working on. I I had written songs for, uh, and uh, I really kind of started looking around uh, around 2006, 2007. And really, nothing concrete ever you know came about. I mean people talked people were interested uh but just couldn't keep you know keep anything moving forward or or uh solid uh until I got here and uh I looked up Jamie, and from there everything kind of uh kind of fell into place um it took a little while uh but it it was well worth it,
2: yeah. And I have to tell you, I was really—it killed me when Forbidden kind of packed it in because I thought you guys were on a roll. Especially, you know, when you're, having you on a mega wave, and I got to see you guys in New Jersey when you came through. Um, right. with Overkill. I was like, wow, these guys really—they came back. I love that you were in the band at that time, and it just like ended it seemed like before I even got started.
0: Right. Yeah, it did happen pretty pretty fast. And uh man, what a good time. It really was. Uh and you know, I I had played a while with those guys, Thrash of the Titans, uh, filling in for Craig, and then seven years later he's calling me, uh, asking me if if, uh, if I want to come and check this out and I'm like, Yeah, let's uh let's, let's see what's happened. Um, and off we went, you know, from, from uh from two thousand nine till uh, to two thousand twelve really. Uh, and we kind of kept everything more or less quiet for for about a year because we weren't sure if, uh, if if people would change their minds and decide okay let's let's keep on going or not. Uh, and then we just finally said well it's done. So uh, yeah, great time though, man. Um, we did a lot. Uh, we tried to uh, to to basically bring it back to uh, to to the fans most importantly for for that. And uh, I think we did it.
2: Oh absolutely. Well, I mean, as sad as I was that that happened, it actually gave me more time to really dedicate the one machine and make it make it what it is today.
0: Yes, absolutely, absolutely. And uh, that was always being worked on. Uh, every time I came home, uh, and and uh, even in between that, I was still riding on, on the road, actually, on, on that, that particular tour, uh, the Overkill tour.
2: Yeah, I tell you, because when you were never more, I mean, I, I didn't think the band ever sounded any better and you were playing guitar with them. And I know you had gotten sick around that time, I guess I kind of put an end to that.
0: It did. Yeah. I mean, that, that was a, a, a big factor in, in, um, you me, well, uh, for, first of all in, in me having to leave, obviously, yeah, cause it, it's, it's, um, you know, a, a near fatal uh, disease if, if it's not treated the right way. Yeah. Um, fortunately it is. And I'm I'm nine years, uh, post uh, kidney transplant. So I'm, I'm uh, never better. Uh, I know getting stronger, but, um, uh, yeah, that was, that was uh, one of those things. And, and, um, you know, it, there was also the yeah, the personal and business differences, et cetera, et cetera. But, uh, it's, it's water under the bridge. I mean, we've all more or less made amends. Um, uh, we, we, we still talk to each other every now and again, um, and, uh, keep in touch, you know, um, uh, but everyone's gone their, their own way as well.
2: Yeah. Well, you know, when stuff like that does happen, like you, the band, you know, you're not in the band anymore. You probably think about it a lot over the years. say, oh, you know, this didn't happen, that didn't happen. But then when you look back, and say, like, well, a few years later, the band kind of broke up anyway. They went back to Sanctuary again. They got that going. So, I mean, in the end, you know, all the stuff you worry about sometimes, and then go through what you went through with your kidneys. I guess it all seems kind of irrelevant later on when you look back on it.
0: It's just life, man. Life happens, and uh, you know you you enjoy it while it's here because uh, it's too too goddamn short, really. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, you know, yeah. I mean, I I, I uh, definitely cherish everything. I don't regret a thing. Uh, and uh, you know, looking back, nah, it's just, just for memories. Uh, there's there's still never more memories that make me laugh on a daily basis. So yeah, that's that's saying something. <laughs>
2: that's that's true. You know, you were just talking about the festivals a little while ago. And they're a great thing to get out in front of a large audience. And some, you know, some of them have really mixed crowds. Some of them are basically the same genre of music throughout. But you think that the festivals, especially during the summertime, kind of take away from bands, you know, going out and touring, you know, touring the clubs because they all try to get onto the festivals. They hit a bigger audience. But then you kind of miss out, like, on the whole club scene, going from place to place and hitting smaller venues and audiences, but at least, you know, hitting a lot more people in the end, technically, that might want to be there for you
0: that's very true uh and i think
2: you know it It really depends
0: i mean because there are literally so many bands out there right now that uh it's it's uh a, a real i think there's there's still uh still room for both you know um to be honest um you know with, with, with something like um oh, what do they have over there uh well mayhem um which was one of them uh rock on the range being another uh, Rocklahoma, is that still
2: happening? I, I think they still have that going on, yeah. Uh,
0: and then uh, Bonnaroo, that's kind of not really metal per se, I mean, purely, but it, it does have a metal stage, I understand.
2: You know, I'm so I heard of it, I've never even been to that one, and right, but right. most other ones are going pretty good.
0: Yeah. I mean, I remember seeing like anthrax and then flames playing on that a couple of years right. back and such. So, yeah, I was thinking, you know, uh, with, with those kinds of things, they're pretty stationary and, and they're in places that, that, uh, honestly, I, I remember on, on tour, uh, weren't usually stops. Uh, so that, that's kind of kind of a good thing for, for them that they actually get those. They've got the, um, uh, the room, the venue to, uh, to, to be able to use it, you know, uh, use it for that, like the old, um, uh, college football, uh, arenas, stadiums, um, et cetera, that kind of thing. So that, that's pretty cool. Um, And then the, uh, the, the clubs, I mean, uh, uh, as far as I know, they're still getting some pretty good package tours. Yeah. Over there. Uh, but it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's really, um, I don't know, man. It's, it's a real trip because it's, it's, uh, there's, there's a great saturation right now. Um, it seems like everybody from, from the fifties to, to, to now is out there touring. No, you're they, right. You can, you can look at anything and it's just like, wow, this guy or that, you know, that group or, or whoever, uh, or, or that, that, that girl or, or whoever, you know, is out there every night. Uh, and, and, you know, there might be four or five shows someone's going to want to go see. In, in one night, so it's it's a little crazy right now. It's it's really the uh, the live game, I think.
2: Yeah. Hey, last week you had uh, you had Frankie Valley playing one night, and the next night you had Queens playing. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Still, oh. You know. What you gonna do? <laughs> <laughs> it's a hard choice, you know. It's Frankie Valley. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Uh, but you know, mayhem made the mayhem fest kind of took a beating this year. I mean, especially in the press. I mean, from the promoters to the bands, everybody kind of badmouthed it. And uh, I think one of the problems with something like that is like, you know, Slay was the headliner, but they've been out on tour since like nonstop over the last couple of years. So you know, a lot of people won't go to that maybe if they saw them two weeks ago at another venue or a month later. I think that kind of hurted a little bit that they had artists that were actually still on tour on their own tours besides the Mayhem Festival tour. And it just might have been saturation, I think, a little bit.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, I, I hear you on that, and and I, I remember reading about that uh, a couple uh, couple weeks ago or, or more um, when when all that that stuff went down. It was uh, yeah, pretty pretty strange to me. I mean, you know, I, I guess I I get it uh, uh, from 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 both sides of things. I don't agree with what that guy said. At all, yeah. Uh, but um, at the same point, um, I think he he probably could have could have dug you know dug a little deeper and and found found a few a uh, few other bands to to uh, to put on there that are very deserving.
2: Uh, I agree. You know, it's like this big revival right now here in the U.S. I mean, yeah. you, I mean, I know you're in England, but you're still you're still an American, and it's been great. Yes. I mean, you know, it's it, it came around after all those years of being gone, and people are into it again. The younger kids. Showing up at concerts. I mean, is it going to be the '80s all over again? No. But I'm hoping that at least this time it doesn't go away. In one form or another, it sticks around, and that audience will still be there for it.
4: Exactly,
0: and it's got got lasting power this time, definitely. And I, I think it has, you know, really, really kind of been about that man. I mean, you know, there's this whole thrash revival thing, and then uh, Forbidden kind of kind of got brought under that that moniker for, for a pretty short time um but um you know to, to me those guys were always always a bit more more forward thinking than, than that as well uh with, with some of their, their later records um you know previous to uh, to omega waves so um you know it's uh it's one of those things i, I think um, you know cycles come and go uh but it's it's still metal and and it's always going to be there. I think. I, I don't think it's ever going to go away. Um, you know, there there might be uh, new new bands to uh, new heroes to, to to look up to shortly. uh as as we get the older bands, uh, you know, probably heading towards retirement and, and such.
2: Yeah, oh, we definitely need that. And I always, you know, like, like ACDC, made Maiden. I mean, they're still relatively, well, not ACDC, they're still relatively young. I guess I'm saying it now because I'm hitting 50, so, you know, right. I, I'm in that ballpark too, but like I say, really, I see all these great young bands that are coming out now. They've really got talent, great songwriters. They put on amazing shows. I'm like, where are they going to be 10 years from now? Because it seems like there's nobody to nurture these bands anymore. There's no record labels to bring them up, like for the air or the It's a farm. So they don't have like a farm system like baseball does. And I do make to happen?
0: Yeah, it's, it's, it's a different world, isn't it? I mean, you know, if, if people are able to, uh, to, to embrace, uh, the album, uh, and I'm not talking about a physical album. Um, I'm talking about, you know, just basically listening, uh, to, to a band and, and really getting into them for, for their, uh, for their style. Metallica, there's a band, you know, that, that has that, that style, uh, that, you know, early on, everyone was really, really, you know, grabbing into and, and, uh, Megadeth, I would say the, the same thing, um, and on, you know, Judas Priest, Iron Maiden, uh, all those bands, and they're all getting a bit older now, definitely. But, um, it's, uh, it's, it's one of those things. Um, I think, uh, speaking for us, what we've kind of uh kind of done is, is uh basically gone back to uh to, to more of of an album concept. We did this thing live uh and we uh basically had every intent of making it a record that you're gonna put on and hopefully uh well I'm hoping anyway, <laughs> that, that I'm right, uh that, that you're basically not gonna put it uh, put it down in, until it's done. That you just get into the whole thing from start to finish.
2: Uh, that's uh, that's the way it should be, Steve. I mean yeah. that's the old days. You put that album on, you let it play side to side. Not like today where kids want to just give you like 79 cents for one download and then I don't like it after 10 seconds.
0: Right, right and you know i mean there there is that that whole option of, of uh you know being able to stream it or whatever uh before uh before you hear it and uh obviously everyone's kind of kind of doing things differently with with how they uh how they release uh singles quote unquote if, if you will um in, in this day and age but uh yeah i don't know man I, I i still am kind of of the mind that there's something coming uh that might be um Pretending to, to to a physical product again, you know yeah. that, that someone's going to have to have their hands on to uh, to, to actually uh, be able to get into. Uh, maybe it's virtual reality based. Who knows? You know, maybe it's maybe uh, the, the the next albums will all be uh, videos or something. You know, like like a, like like a movie concept or something. Not that it hasn't been done before, but maybe it's going to be brought back.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think next is just going to implant the music directly into our brain. We don't even have to have <laughs> anymore. I mean, I'm an old vinyl guy. I grew up in the '70s. I love my vinyl, and and it has made a little bit of a comeback uh, over the last couple of years. Is the final call uh, going to be on for vinyl?
0: It is, yeah. Actually, uh, if you go, uh, if you type into Google "one machine uh, Indiegogo," you'll find our our campaign because it's a big long URL. I, I can send it to you, but uh, it's um, yeah. Basically, we, we have a uh, a limited edition that we're going to do. Um, it's uh, basically uh, any physical. Um, you know, type of type of release that, that you buy from us on the Indiegogo page is going to have ten songs. Uh, that goes for the uh, for the CD digipack that we have, and for the Spinal as well too. It's going to be standard 140 gram, uh, and uh, just like like the uh, like the classic records are uh, mastered for it as well. Um, and uh, it's basically got everything uh, that, that that you want. It's it's uh, it's going to be um, killer, definitely. That's all I can really say. Uh, we are limited to uh, to, to one hundred. Uh, uh minimum order we have to get uh one hundred people we have to know that there's one hundred people out there interested in in getting that in, in order to make that one happen so if you're listening and you're interested uh head over uh type in one machine and Indiegogo, indi gogo uh you'll find our page and it's uh about the fourth one down i think
2: uh oh, that's great I'll put the link up on the on the show this week with see we' going uh find out what's going on. Do you think uh, that the crowdfunding is the way to go for bands now? Because everybody's doing it. And to me, I look at it like, you know, there's no more record stores left really anymore. So I look at it like this is an online record store. I'll donate my $10, $20 knowing that I'm going to get a, a physical copy. It's like me buying it directly through the band. That's when I look at crowdfunding
0: there is that, that closeness, you know what I mean. It's it's uh, it's definitely coming from us. We uh, have, have financed a lot of this ourselves, even though this is our uh, our last uh, record for for Scarlet Records, and uh, obviously, you know, we, we did get a uh, get a budget with them, but that budget, uh, unfortunately, uh, in in this day and age, only covered about a third of, the, of what, what we needed to, uh, to to make things happen uh, the way that we envisioned this record to uh, to, to be. And uh, everyone that's listened to it has said, "Wow, it's a different sound," and the reason for that is because of the way that we did it we didn't do it at home we didn't you know cut paste and slap you know slap takes together and then and then call it a record um we've basically went into a studio we spent uh, a good 10 days and, and a good chunk of money uh to work with with two really good people uh on on getting this whole thing done live and uh you know blood sweat tears the, the whole thing um came out of there injured actually uh two of us did the uh the drummer uh ended up uh, having a, a really bad knee and uh and a snare hand and uh myself uh there was some crazy stuff going on kind of uh, kind of rsi with, with, with both uh, both arms uh after this so it was uh, it was pretty intense man um and well worth it uh for, for what we got well you definitely put your body into this record yeah. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. We, uh, we, we, we definitely did.
2: Yeah. Steve is recording. I mean, I know it's probably a hell of a lot easier today than it was in the eighties. I mean, you, you, you started out with real to real and analog, and now it's all digital and pro tools. I mean, is anyone you prefer more than the other? I mean, I mean, I know it's a lot easier to make recordings today than it was back then, but sound wise, is there one that you prefer? Um, <laughs>
0: It's it's interesting because uh I think that the digital in, in some ways is actually, you know, capable of, of being warmed up uh, a little bit. But digital is digital. Uh analog um my memories of, of recording on, on those, um I honestly like preferred that that sound i'll i'll, I'll be that honest because there, there's uh, uh just a warmth there that there, there's a, a certain sound i mean for, for me being a guitar player a uh, certain sound that, that you get uh when, when you print two out uh, to two inch that, that you're not going to get with a bunch of ones and those um that that uh, no matter what you do i mean you can put tubes in front of it everything like that uh it's still it's going to mimic it uh but it's it's there's nothing like that particular sound. Um that's a hard one to uh to, to, to come by as as well. The way that we did this actually was on Pro Tools with uh with a tube based uh set of pre's uh to uh, to, to record it uh to, to basically track it. And uh also in in a live room with about uh a good fifteen, twenty twenty foot ceiling uh on it as well. And uh, it was nice and wide. It was it was like uh like an old uh telephone warehouse i think is what it was like like a uh uh i guess like like a like a telecom system uh kind of place where where basically the old telephone um system was in in denmark and um you know all the calls went in and out of that place uh so they, they tore all that out and this guy rented it out and that was the studio
2: wow uh, Steve you've been in London a long time now I mean is it a culture shock in the beginning even though it's the same language but I mean it's just a different way of living did it take a while to get used to things or were there things that you kind of missed here in the US that you can't get over there?
0: it's it, it, it did start that way definitely uh there there were there were definitely uh, uh things in this As far as the uh the, the cultural differences yeah there are there are some i mean yeah but uh there's so many parallels back to uh to, to the states it's, it's crazy uh the neighborhood i happen to live in uh not far from here there, there's a pub that claims to be the uh uh the, the last uh spot where where the mayflower ended up before uh before it was broken up uh i, I live in an, in an old uh, area where where the where the ships used to be uh broken up uh, and then, you know, retired. Uh so that's that's pretty crazy. Uh I can walk basically not far from here and see uh see the American flag flying. So if I miss home <laughs> you know, then, then that's always there. But uh th- that said, uh, you know, like like um I can get game pass over here. So I can watch the Raiders. Uh ah. and uh that's awesome. And it's uh, even even preseason. Um even though we're one one right now, I know it's gonna be a good year. So uh yeah, that and uh you know, we get ESPN uh nowadays. It wasn't like that when I first got got over here uh to Woods. To so uh I'm I'm glad things have developed. <laughs> but I, I still miss this uh miss home. Yeah, definitely. And and this is home and it has been home for, for about ten years. But um uh I still get back there at least once, twice a year. And uh, you know, see see my friends and I, you know, with with the internet and everything we're able to stay in touch, Skype and whatnot. But uh yeah, it's uh it's it's definitely different.
2: Yeah, well, I hope the next time you get back home, you bring in the rest of the guys in the band with you because we love to see you play live over here.
0: We absolutely are dying to get over there, and we want to hear from everybody out there. Please uh, hit us on Facebook. We're on there all the time, facebook.com backslash One Machine Official, and talk to us. Tell us where you're at. Uh, We definitely would like to get over there, and holler at uh, your your local agents and promoters uh, and tell them that you want to get us over there.
2: We will do. It. Steve, the album comes out the final call September. I think it's 18th.
0: 18th for this, yes.
2: Our, our Scarlet Records, you have anything planned immediately uh, after the album?
0: Uh, we do on the very day. We're uh, we're playing an album release show here in London. Uh, it's at uh, the Camden Barfly. Uh, it's a nice little uh, little club about 250 capacity, and uh, it's going to be a great night. Um, we've got uh, got a couple of uh, a couple of bands on on uh, on stage with us, and it's uh, it's a nice tight show. We're going to have some giveaways. Um, and, uh, yeah, basically merch giveaways. And, uh, actually one thing I was, I was just thinking about that, that I want to, uh, want to kind of say, uh, on the Indiegogo uh, page, stay tuned, uh, actually this is going to happen within tonight uh or today over there. Uh we're uh going to put up uh two great guitars for uh for, for sale as well as part of this uh this, this crowd thunder Uh one of which is my uh seven string um Steve Smith signature, BC Rich. And the other is uh an ESP uh M seventeen. It's an L T D version of uh the, the very guitar that the Jamie Hunt is playing uh as well. So we've got those uh, going up shortly. Uh so stay tuned if you're uh Uh, looking for a guitar, you're going to be able to get mine.
2: Oh, man, that's fantastic. Steve, the best of luck with the band and the new record. And if you ever make it to New York with the group, I will be there.
0: Thanks, Mike. Definitely. Uh, We'd we'd love to get there. So, uh, holler at all those promoters, please. We will.
2: You take care, Steve. Have a great night over there. All
0: right, you too, man. Thanks. Bye-bye. Take care. Bye. Mm
2: One Machine with the Grand Design. You know, we still have Max Cavalera coming up. Well, uh, well, a little bit more than halfway through the show, but uh, stick around. A lot of great music coming up So, Hey, you still with me? Did I put you to sleep over yeah, there? Yeah, I'm still here. Still here, baby. All right, baby. want to make sure? All right, got to check on you every now and then to make sure you're all right there. I worry about <laughs> you. <laughs> As you know, we're all getting older here, so sometimes you don't know if that last conversation might just be the last conversation you have.
3: Yeah, yeah. Look at now, Aomi. I only do more quits after this tour. Mm -hmm. And, the man, you know, it's it's a lot. You you know, Jesus. It is.
2: Just look at it this way. We have a hard time getting to one show every couple of months.
3: And
2: getting through for a few hours. But I I give them credit. They're going out. You know, they're going to do this last tour. I mean, right now, if you look at it, there's not a lot of dates. It's basically over like a two-week period, maybe three weeks. Right, I think that was really it, and they're going to call it quits, and they're hitting the major markets, so if you want to see them, you're really going to have to probably do some traveling, because they're not going to every single uh, place that they would normally go on tour, but I don't blame them, I mean, they're, they're all in the late 60s, closing in on 70 now, they've done this for 40-something years, I mean, yeah, they've really taken yeah. notes, I mean, always playing, and like he said, he goes, I just don't have anything to do it anymore, and I'm worried about the cancer coming back, and I yeah, don't blame yeah, them, major money, you made your money,
3: yeah, once your body yeah. breaks, you know, you you break it down, and you know, and you're weak. It's hard. That's that's when it can attack, you know. So yes, right. stay strong, you know.
2: I don't blame them. I don't blame them one bit. Go out, you know what? Spend your money, enjoy yourself, enjoy what, what time you got left in this world not like I say travel, because these guys have been all over the world a million times, but just sit back and relax. And you know what? Relax. Yeah. Go into the studio and record music. It's not straining. It doesn't drain you out. You can always record it, you know, record and put music out without going yeah. out on tour. Go enjoy it. You know, uh, but I tell you, when you see stuff like that, and then you've seen, you know, we've always seen everything that's been going on with Lemmy over the, the last couple the of month. weeks. I yeah. he's, he's had to cancel a few more shows this week. And uh, he looks yeah. really weak and frail when he comes out. And it's, you know, nobody. Everyone's like retired. Don't do it no more. Lemmy's like bulletproof. Nobody's really going to talk about him. But in the same sense, you buy tickets for a show to see Motorhead. They come to your town. They're not playing. Yeah, you're lucky. Saxon's on the bill, so you're still getting a great show. Yeah, they but got lucky that
3: point. that
2: tour. Yep. Yeah, we we wouldn't get lucky. We get stuck with Anthrax for next hour. <laughs> <So for laughs> exactly. That's
3: why it's a good thing we did buy tickets.
2: <laughs> I know. I, I know. But I'm like, it happens. We get older and, you know, the body gives out and you can't do it no more. But if he can't do it, great. If he can't, maybe this is the time where at this point in, in life, you kind of have to do like those one-off shows, coming to New yeah. York for one show and don't play for a couple of weeks and maybe do one of the you know, just like the big markets, maybe that's all you can do. Because he to stop playing. He
3: wants to do the motorboat, so now he's going to have to relax. You relax, know, so save it up for that. for the
2: motorboat. You got to do the motorboat because that's basically their tool. I mean, that's the, the whole thing is motorhead. It's all based around exactly,
3: them. Exactly. Exactly. So I'll take so it sit back, Relax. Yeah. Get you know get even if you got to bring out a stool for you. You know what I mean? It's Something. not. It's just
2: thing
3: it. Yeah, because I mean that that show I saw where you know he just couldn't he couldn't get his voice up you know loud enough and it looked like he was going to collapse. And thank God, thank God he knew, you know,
2: he actually actually
3: came out and apologized, which is amazing, you know?
2: Yep. Yep. Yeah. That's the hardest thing, I think, is walking away because you don't want, even though you're you're Lemmy and you're as tough as shit, you don't want to disappoint, you know, the people that have come to see you because, you know, he knows what it means to them to be there. And that's a major yeah. thing. I think it's harder to walk away than to continue and fall apart. But he's got too much pride for that. Like he's not going to let them see him like that. You know. Yeah. It's hard. And it's but not I, like I you it. know.
3: Like a, I was reading some people, and they're like, "Well, Lemmy should listen." You know, should read what uh, Iomi said. Yeah. Well, Iomi happens to have a little bit more money than Lemmy does. You know. Um, so
2: let, you let know, every you tour that
3: Lemmy does is a couple extra bucks. To no, keep no,
2: alive. no, no, no. Let me tell you something. Go to uh, uh, how much? I'll give you the website. What the worth of something? Yeah. Lemmy is yeah. worth fifteen million dollars.
3: Well, because of the writing of a few songs he did with Ozzy.
2: I no, just in general, he's worth fifteen million dollars. That's a conservative, you know, estimate on this uh, website. They're well, based guaranteed,
3: on... Iommi is worth more. Oh, be.
2: Iommi's worth. Let me tell you. You see the way Lemmy lives in the documentary. He's bare bones. He's not living in a mansion. He doesn't know how oh, to rent a yeah, small yeah, apartment I I in L.A. Mean. Yeah, yeah. And when he goes, I guess his kids are going to get that money. You know, he doesn't. He doesn't live an extravagant lifestyle. He's happy sitting in a bar stool having a drink and a pack of cigarettes. He's yeah. like a bare bones type of guy. That's just how he is. But he's worth good money. Oh, all right. Well, people sit still. back and live off of what he had and be comfortable. You know.
3: Yeah, I mean, that, I wouldn't mind that. It's just you know, put out an album every other year. You know. Yeah. Uh Maybe do, you know, L.A., New York, you know, Chicago, yeah. you know, a couple of shows like you that. Yeah. You know, but you can also do like a, what you know, I, mean, I hate to say it, but for the old bands, why couldn't you have like a stage and film the show and just show it like at five different, you know, five know different, saying, different yeah. movie theaters? You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, for a band like that who can't, you know, yeah. especially Sabbath. You know, you could set up, you know, you could set up the stage in England or in L.A. or whatever, and then just you're come right. out and, you know, do. I mean, a lot of it's people good say, idea. oh, that sucks, you're not seeing them live. You know, half the times you go see those big shows, unless you're, you're right up front, anyway. <laughs> you're watching a motherfucking screen anyway. I catch I myself know. all the time, and I try not to look at the sc- the screen.
2: You, but you can't help it
3: you can't help not looking at it because you're not I know going, what are you looking at? You're looking at a man that's you know, an inch and a half tall when you can look at the screen. So I mean if I'm sitting in a movie theater, you know, with a beer at my you know, my right hand, you know, a hamburger and a hamburger, hamburger. And a burger in <laughs> the left, you know, I can sit and watch fucking Sabbath and you know. I mean it's somebody else's view but it's better than not having that, you know, and not having at uh, all. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I know. agree.
2: I agree. But I say one thing: you have to give bands like the Rolling Stones credit because they're older than oh, yeah. the Sabbath and those guys, and they yeah. look and sound great still. So, I mean, you know, don't get me wrong. You'll see a lot of these old fifties and singers still out there performing, like Frankie Valli's, yeah. eighty-seven years old.
3: Yeah,
1: but they're right. not
2: playing as intense music as heavy metal. You know, it's not as no, intense. No, not at all. It's just like standing and like mic and they're singing.
3: A guy like James Brown. Now that's a different story.
2: He was doing it until he died.
3: Running around, yeah. you know what I mean?
2: Absolutely. I give them all credit when they get to be that age and they can still perform like they used yeah. to when they were a kid. I give them credit. I don't yep. care what genre of music it is. got to give it up. It ain't easy. Definitely. Ah. All like right. Those Let's hillbilly get some music bands on. that
3: around with the, the jugs and all that. And no, I'm like
2: <laughs> Well, that's different because they're missing so many teeth, it's a lot easier to move around. They're, they're a lot lighter. That's <laughs> uh, like our friend Ron
3: it's hard to run around barefoot in the mud. <laughs>
2: yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, it's a rough road out there. Hey, you know what? Next week is our seven-year anniversary uh, show. Wow. And, uh, yeah, it came by quick. And uh, I dug up the best, as you like to call it, B-level guest a show like us can have for the week uh-huh. uh no what no that we got a great show next week uh chris caffery from sabotage and nice. trans Iberian orchestra trans-siberian orchestra is a pretty damn big band huh
3: without a doubt
2: yeah so, so we got chris on the show next week our friend rudy saw is back on it's like the second or third time we have rudy on the show and he's always a good mm-hmm. interview and he's got the memory of uh Sheldon from the Big Bank there, he doesn't forget anything So we got Rudy, and then I really dug up A classic, the band Torch out of Sweden we got the bass ah. player, Ian Gregg coming. Yeah, the bass player, Ian Gregg Is going to be on here, I was talking with Dan Dark About getting him on the show uh, They had an old guitar player, not an old guitar player When the band reunited They had a new mm-hmm. kid playing guitar for them He's actually in the band Tad Morose right now uh, And he used to tell me, oh well, uh, you know Dan can't do the interview because he doesn't speak English I'm like, well I know they're not proficient in English But then again, neither am I well they do sing in English on the albums. <laughs> they do sing in English on the albums and they didn't know enough to communicate in English with the crowds back in the eighties. Yeah. He's like, Well you can interview me. So I figured he was like an opportunist, like just looking to get himself interviewed and not the band and I'm like, What am I gonna talk to you about really? You've been in the band for three months. I mean, what am I gonna you know, you don't know about the history of the band?
3: Yeah, that happens. So
2: yeah, uh, yeah so I got Dan on Facebook the other day and he's like, I really can't do it He goes, I can't you know, he can type this, but he can't understand enough with the interviews to go back and forth I guess so it's like uh-huh. you know Ian Gregg our original bass plays in the band he does all the press and interviews for the band so Ian Gregg is going to be on the show next week it's going to be great having Torch on here Trans-Siberian Orchestra nice way to celebrate seven years huh
3: nice nice definitely definitely yeah.
2: Plus, it's a super size show. Like our Mexican friend with the big prick, it's going to be three oh hours God. long next week. We're going an extra hour Ooh. next week. Yeah, oh man! It's actually going to be live the three hours, not even like in the podcast. So, all my friends over in the UK, especially Kairon, you know, take a nap that afternoon because I'm going to have you up to one in the morning.
3: So we're going to stop at we're going to start at six and go to nine.
2: Six to nine next week.
3: Uh, that's good because Bar Rescue
2: now goes on at ten. So <laughs> There you go. So not only not only, not only does football screw up, hockey screws up, and baseball playoffs screw up. Now we got bar rescue to compete with. I tell you four down the list. But number four right shows now. I could, those shows I could what do you call DVR.
1: <laughs> I hear that.
2: All right, let's get on some Manila Road, the Ram, followed up with some Silver Mountain. Hey, then we got Max Cavalier from Soulfly. Here you go. How good that record was I haven't played it In a long time I used to enjoy Those guys Yes
3: Definitely uh, <laughs> A lot
1: of
2: people A lot of people Always saying Yngwie Malmsteen Was in that band Early on But he never was In that band He had nothing To do with those guys
3: Oh no I didn't know I still thought, no, thought he did it, I, That's I what didn't everybody says. A, I, I didn't think It was him On the record Because His tone was A lot different But I did hear that he was with them. I don't know. Maybe
2: I. Yeah, I was. Yeah, you know, that was, everybody used to say that back in the day. But if you look up anything on the band, uh, I've reached out to the guitar player a few times about coming on the show. But I don't think he could uh, uh, communicate either so well with uh, the English language. Uh, but I would love to have them oh. on here. You know, I oh, mean, right. if these people heard if these people heard me speak, they wouldn't have any trouble coming on the show. There ain't nothing we could work through. Nothing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, goodness gracious, I don't know Hey, you know what, we gotta get to match Cavalier in a few minutes But, uh, you know, Stephen Adler, the original drummer for Guns N' Roses This guy just like, I don't know, he's just like irking me the wrong way all the time He's constantly talking about Guns N' Roses That one freaking record he was on about the reunion Now he thinks it's going to happen because Slash and uh, Axel are talking again And even if it did, I think that's so many years into the future That that might actually ever happen and I wasn't a big Gene so I guess maybe that's why I don't give a shit really. But oh my god, yeah, this no. guy has to stop living on that glass that past fucking glory thirty years ago. Well, yeah. You know, I mean, he was the drummer on that album, you know, uh, and that true. is one you're, of their biggest right. albums. It is, but I think Matt Storm would be the guy they pick because let's face it, Steve Adler, you know, uh, he's still a junkie. He's in and out of rehab constantly.
3: I see what you mean. Yeah.
2: He's always in that. I think he just got out again a few months ago. He was like, "You'll see him on Blabbermouth, The Brave Boys, on Monday." You know, I'm four days sober. Then on Friday he's on there again. I'm one day sober. Then on Friday he's on there again. I'm seven days. Every week he's on there like he's sober for three days <laughs> at a time or clean <laughs> or whatever. Really, you're... he
3: just played in Queens uh, with this oh, soul band. Yeah, a couple about a month back. Adler's. Well, I forget what they call it. Adler's Ad- Appetite. I was I this, yeah.
2: Yeah. Oh wait, that Blackborn thirty uh fifty one where you guys played?
3: Yes, it was, exactly. the Same place.
2: Oh okay. Man. Yeah, it's that's, that's not a bad place. I got quite a f got quite a, a lot of good bands coming through there. It's just that eh, it's too much of a trip for me.
3: Yeah, I mean, you know, it's it's I like the place. You know, I just wish uh Well it's it not, not that bad little... for you
2: going from Brooklyn, but I mean Yeah, that's a, that's a hike in a half. Or, yeah, that's what you mean. yeah. yeah. But, but I gotta tell you, I'm getting lazier. If my neighbor three houses down had a show, I wouldn't go because it's not at the house next door to me. <laughs> the only I, I get you, the lazy I become, you know? <laughs> I happens. don't want to commute anymore. I know, I know. Listen, I think I might be able to uh, get us passes for Motorhead uh, to one of our uh, contacts. So maybe I'll try to do that. So at least if uh, it does happen, we have them if we want to go. If not, we don't have to, you know?
3: Yeah, if Lemmy makes it, if Lemmy can make the
2: yeah. show, at least,
3: <laughs> Ex- we exactly, say you know we've seen him little, one of the last times. Yeah, All right, That's cool. That's cool. All right,
2: I'll I'll see if I can still do it. Hopefully it's not too late, but we'll I'll check into that. Now I'll let you know this week. All, All right. right. Well, you know what? Let, let's get on some Sepultura right now. Max uh old band. I uh, know we'll get something off the brand new Soulfly right after we speak with him. So how about we do Show Me the Wrath? Ooh. <laughs> Mike, how are you?
4: Good. How you doing?
2: I'm doing great, man. It's real nice talk with you.
4: Good talk to you too, man. Where are you calling from?
2: I'm sorry about that. I'm calling from New
4: York. Oh, okay.
2: I'm sorry. Yeah, they. they I guess all the different time zones get everybody a little confused.
4: <laughs> yeah. Well, normally I do Australia at night, you know, because it's like it's five o'clock here with does for us. True. But it's all good. True. Uh, you know. All right, I, man. I'm good. I'm good to do whatever, oh. you know.
2: <laughs> all right. I won't keep you long, but I do appreciate it. And uh, listen, being no such problem, a big brother. fan of you for like so many decades, and with a new Soulfly record, I mean, the first time I put it on, I mean, I felt like it was like I was listening to the band all over again from the from the very beginning. And it had that vibe to it, man. Like it was like all brand new and fresh.
4: Yeah, we worked really hard on this record, man, you know, like to try to make it as different and uh, as exciting as possible. I think the the new thing we brought in, like the new producer, Matt Hyde, was incredible. Really awesome. I think the album would not turn out like this without him. And we had a good team. You know, the artwork came out great. The guy, Eliran Cantor from Israel, did the cover. So the whole package works good together. You know, it's like a package thing. You know, you got the cover, you got the songs, you got the biblical themes. You got the non-biblical yeah. stuff, like We Sold Our Social Metal and Live Life Hard. But I'm proud of this one, man. I mean, you know, like, it's cliche to say your your favorite album is your new album, but I am don't say this is my best album, but it's I'm damn excited about it. I think it's really cool.
2: And you should be. You did a great job on it. I mean, you talk about the producer, like you know, bringing out that sound that you know maybe might not have happened without him. But after thirty something years in the business, is it still important to like you know kind of listen to people that are maybe outside the loop? Where like who would know your music really better than you in the end?
4: Yeah, it's always it's always exciting to work with new people. And um, Matt Hyde was great with, with in this album. He was uh, really helpful, um, full of ideas. We tried like chants in some songs and all different kind of stuff. So it was um he he really understood what I was trying to do with the biblical stuff and make an exotic kind of record. And it really came out good. I think we tried all kinds of yeah. different things and really came out good.
2: Like you were saying, you did try different things, you experimented. I mean, as an artist, so people, you know, they want to hear Soul Fly or Cavalier Conspiracy or Killer Be Killed, and there's like a certain mindset, I guess, you have to get in for each band and each project. But do you feel as an artist that you want to, like, kind of push the boundaries and just not put out the same record all the time with the same sound?
4: Yeah, you know, the, it's always, always important to try to get something new and exciting, you know, try to get something... Something that's, uh, you know, always trying to do better than the last record, and I think *Savages* was really cool. Oh God, the oh
1: God, the
4: cool. *Savages* was, was a really good record, but it was more groove. And although I love working with Terry Date, and I mean the sound of *Savages* is actually better than *Archangel*, the sound of it. But not the song. I think the song that was more inspired on *Archangel*. Uh, maybe the biblical stuff was a bit something kind of the overwhelming that I took on board and really made it uh, a difference on the record, on the whole inspiration of the album. And I really dig the record, I, and I think the sound of it's really sharp. I think it's a bit extreme from kind of death metal a little bit, black metal, even in some some of the riffs like Bethlehem's Blood and um, Ishtar Rising has a bit of black metal vibe to it. And uh, I think it's really cool that Soulfly is going to these different kind of territories and trying different things.
2: Yeah. Do you worry about straying too far from the original sound? Because, you know, you have a band like Iron Maiden, every record they put out, you know, it's Iron Maiden. It's got that sound to it. And the fans kind of like that. But then you also have fans are like, well, I don't want to hear the same thing over and over again. So it's like a a fine line that you have to kind of walk or draw. Do you just say, you know, hey, whatever I feel like writing, I'm going to write. I'm the artist. And, you know, my fans know me. and They're going to kind of go along for that ride with me.
4: Well, I, I think the trademarks are still still so fly. You know, in in the in the in the center, in the core of the group, we're still so fly. We're still the same band, and my vocals are very um, original. And you know, I I sign I I sound a certain way that nobody else does. And but I think it's important to keep trying to do different stuff to to come up with you know, especially after all these years in metal. Um, to come up with an album like Archangel for me is impressive and, and, uh, I feel really good, um, because it's really hard, <laughs> you know, after you yeah. know, you're saying about everything pretty much, and there's literally not nothing left to, to sing about it. And then you start to repeat yourself and, uh, to find something new to sing, like we found it on Archangel and, and make new, new ideas and new covers. It's, um. Uh, always exciting, you know, so I'm not worried, I'm not too much worried about that, I think the fans understand, I think the, the fans kind of, I think I surprised them a little bit on "Enslave." that was the record that I I went a little bit too far, Slave, it was it's full on death metal, and I think a lot of people, some people were kind of shocked, but I yeah. still love the album, I think the album is great, um, yeah. but I think... Uh, Uh, Archangel is a bit mixed because it's still got the groove, the flag groove that were famous from the beginning, from the early days, combined with the uh, extreme metal element.
2: Yeah, I I agree on that. Does it get harder and harder with each record and each band? I mean, do you ever just just run out of ideas or do you ever really just get stumped where you just, it's like you can't go on right now?
4: It gets harder, but also it's a challenge, you know, and, and I think it's... The, the challenge is kind of like the, the thrill, you know. It's it's, it's more of a, we're in it for the thrill, and and the the challenge becomes the thrill, and that's what rides the motivation to make the record. I feel very motivated to make a record like Killer BQ. It was it was a big challenge, you know, going more melodic with all the singing and melodic riffs and stuff, and and that was. A, was a big challenge, and then Archangel was another big challenge. We going in a different direction than what people thought we, we were going. And working with Matt, and then uh, we're really trying different things, like chanting in my vocals and all this different stuff. And in the end of the day, I think it pays off, you know, to try different stuff and to try to come up with different things that surprise people a little bit.
2: Yeah. You know, I mean, you've talked about in other interviews and in your book about your early days in Brazil, you know, and how, like, you know, living there in that life, you know, affects your music and your sound and stuff like that. You've been in America for a very long time now. People, like, ask if, you know, if it mellowed him out any. And I'm like, I don't know. Have you heard any of his music? I don't think living here has mellowed Max out at all. But, I mean, it, it, what's the difference between, like, back then and now as far as, like, your writing goes?
4: Um. I'm more confident now. I think I know better what a, what a song needs, but you know, it, it's still it's always surprising. You know, you always surprise yourself. But I think I know better now what what a, uh, what, a what a strong song needs, and I always try to get the right song for me. A song like "Sodomites" for me is like the perfect Soulfly song. I was very happy with the song when, when, when it was done. And now I listen to it back and, and I'm so proud of it. And And uh, it's really, came out really great. And and they all came out the same way. Like it, it starts from, a, from riffs that I write at home by myself. So I write the riffs by myself and I take them to the studio. And then the riffs turn into songs, which is great. You know, it's a great, it's a great process. And then Mark helps making the guitars a little bit different and everybody gets involved, Tony gets involved, and Zion, you know, even though we don't have Tony anymore, but he did on the record, he was on the album, Um, everybody gets involved, you know, so it's a a cool collaboration uh, thing, it's not just me, you know, even though it starts with me with the riffs, but in the end everybody collaborates and everybody has a little bit to say about the album and helps a little bit to make the album the best possible that it can be, so... It's cool. I love working like that. And I love sup- the, how the album starts one way and, and ends completely different from, from what you started. That, for me, that's a trip. That's so cool. And I'm almost like I have no control over it. It's like I let it flow. I let the album take a life of its own. And it ends up a certain way just because it's supposed to go that way. I have. It's almost like I can't control where the album is going to go. and It's really cool to, to watch that.
2: It must be. You know, Max, I remember 30 years ago hearing Beast Shield Devastation for the first time. And now we're like 30 years older, all of us. What happens as we get older in this business? I mean, you know, we all grow up, things move on in life. You know, 30 years later, is it still fun? Do you still have a good time doing it? Or do you just feel like an old man some days where you just can't get up and, and do it anymore?
4: I feel I still have fun, man. I mean, I mean, I'm more involved now in music than I ever been. Especially after I stopped drinking about eight years ago, it became straight edge. Music became my priority again, and and I became more productive. I've been I've been more productive in the last five years than I have ever been, releasing almost an, an album in a year. And I even have to slow. I think I should slow down a little bit now. That it's, it's too much, <laughs> even for me. <laughs> but you know, it's cool. I did the book. The book was great. You know, I loved. I love the yeah. reaction. The book, got. people love that book, man. You know, the, some people read it three, four times, and, and they really, really found it inspiring. And you know, having Dave grow in the intro and uh, all the cool stories I remember from the drunk days, and it's all there. You know, so <laughs> I'm really glad that you know, we did that. That we did the book. All it's missing now is a cool documentary. You know, like like Ozzy had one and Lady yeah. had one. I would like to have one of those, uh, have somebody do the documentary of my life on a, on a kind of a DVD type thing, on like a movie, would have been really cool, but I haven't found the right guy yet.
2: Well, if they do make one, who would play you in the movie? Who would you want to play you in the movie?
4: Well, I don't, I, I was thinking more of a documentary, more like Lemmy, which is, it has the guy itself on it, so I would Oh, honest. yeah, 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 If yeah. they had to make a movie, movie, Ah. Uh, Somebody who's really psycho that can play me. Um, <laughs> uh, man, that's a that's a hard one. You know, I mean, um, I like uh, I like a lot of I like a lot of different actors. You know, uh, but I don't, I don't know if, um, if, if if they would be right playing me. You know, I like uh like Javier Bardem, the guy from No Country for Old Men, but he doesn't. Yeah, look oh, he's
2: great. <laughs> Yeah, he's great.
4: I love. Yeah. You know I met him right after he made that movie. I met him in, in Spain cuz he's a metalhead. Oh, really? And uh, I did Yeah, he's full on. He loves Sepultura, Rage Against the Machine, Slayer. Oh. And we were playing with Rage in the festival in Spain and I heard he was around and I was like, "No way, I got to meet him." And we end up walking around backstage and he was there and we I got to take a picture with him and he was always excited to take a picture with me, which is crazy. I was like, "Are you
2: kidding yeah.
4: me? I'm You're the man. You just want to Oscar, <laughs> man. You know? <laughs> Holy shit!" But That's was pretty wild. And, uh, and it was right after the movie came out, and and I told him that the scene when he kills the cop. Is the scariest thing ever. Like, his face <laughs> is so scary. You know, it's like, he it made me, he gave me nightmares. And, you know, <laughs> it's like, well, I'm doing yeah. I'm doing a good job then. I'm like, yeah, you, you sure are.
2: Oh, <laughs> uh, that is so wild, man. Hey, you know, Max, I mean, your kids are in bands. You get to play with them now, you know, on stage and perform with them. That's an amazing thing when you look about how far we've come and you're doing that stuff. And you guys are out on tour, I think, almost the entire month of October, You've got a couple of great young bands on the bill with you. It's an amazing package. As like the senior statesman, do you feel it's important to like, nurture the younger bands and to bring them along and get them that recognition, stuff they might not be able to do on their own? Uh,
4: totally, man. I think I mean, we just like just like uh, bands helped us, you know, Sepultura, we didn't do it all on our own. We had help. You know, we had the Pantera tour, the Ministry tour, the Aussie tour. Um, Sofly, we had Ozfest in the beginning. Sharon really helped us out. Um, Slayer took us out. Ramstein took us out. We don't forget that, you know, and I think that that's, uh, that's something that is in matter of need. We need more of that. I think it's missing today. A little bit more friendly and bands communicating more with each other. Uh, I, I want to do more of that. I want to get more involved with the band, with other bands, and. So that's why I'm so glad about this package with soil work and decapitated and shattered the sun. I think it's a great package for the fans. They get to see a lot of cool metal in one night. And I want to do more of that. I think we should do should try to do more of that as much as we can.
2: I agree. I mean, we, I mean you know how tough the music business is in general. You know, over all the years, and especially today, so I think it's important, like you know, you need like a farm system, like in baseball and sports, where you you have those young players and you know you let them build up, and so they can take over when our time is over here. And it just seems to be lacking in in the business. And even with a lot of uh, bigger bands who have that name recognition, that can kind of help out the younger groups. I think they've kind of forgotten like where they've come from. Some bands.
4: Yeah, and I don't forget that. You know, I, I'm involved with with a lot of the young bands, man. I love them. I help them. I uh, wear their shirts. I get in touch with them they freaked out that's me and and it's really cool and and most of them are big Sepultura fans and they can't believe that I I'm, I I like their stuff you know and and uh I think it's awesome you know and I because I want to be part of the metal scene I like the underground I like to be part of the underground it's something that that uh, it gives me pleasure you know it's like I don't get money from it I don't get nothing but just satisfaction just you know, and that's all I need from it. You know, it's pure satisfaction from helping another band. It's just great.
2: It is. Well, I, I, I'm not going to keep you. I know you've been busy all day with this, and I can't wait to see you guys when you hit the road in another month or so. Are you going to be able to really get to a lot of stuff from the new record? Because I would love to hear a lot of these new tunes live. Are you going to have a good draw of uh, songs from the new record?
4: Yeah, we're 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 uh, hoping that we do a biblical set on the album. That's all the biblical songs all in one chunk. So it'd be like you know. Archangel, Ishtar Rising, Bethlehem's Blood, Sodomites, Titans—all in one section of the show. We can play all of them. I think that'll be really awesome. We never done that before, yeah. so we're looking forward to that.
2: Uh, I'm looking forward to seeing it, man. Max, uh, hey, the best of luck with the new record. Just keep it coming for as long as you can, man. You know, I'm a big fan, and I, I want to hear as much more as you got in here until our time is all over and done with on this earth.
4: Right on, brother. Nice talking to you, man.
2: You too. Take care. This. I want to thank all of our guests tonight Steve Smite from One Machine Max Cavalier from Soulfly It was a great time And don't forget to tune into the Metal Matinee This Thursday, it's called Going Solo It's some of the most memorable guitar solos out there Hey, and if anybody has one that they want to hear uh, Just drop me a message on Facebook And let me know If you hate the playlist, blame Tommy Because I asked him to pick out the bulk of the songs I think you guys will like it I think so too. You picked out a lot of great ones and I had one or two I stuck in there. But if anybody thinks there's oh, yeah. a guitar solo that stands out, you know, head and shoulder. It doesn't have to be like, you know, the greatest guitar player in the world. No. There are some solos that are just so memorable when you hear it, you're like, Oh man, I know who that is, and I know the song and that's what it's all about Thursday. So uh stick around and tune in and I wanna wish all of our fellow uh laborers out there and our union brothers a happy Labor Day, especially you, Mike Paisan over there. We did a whole Thank Labor you, Day sir. show on Thursday on the metal matinee, you know? Yeah, that's uh, so I heard it, we, it heard it was
3: good.
2: Yeah, we did that. So, uh, you know, what's funny is that the only, like, p- local politician that said anything about Labor Day, like, you know, happy Labor Day to the people that have worked in labor for it, was Cory Booker, the old mayor from Newark, New Jersey. I think he's uh, a congressman now from uh, New Jersey. But he's, like, the only one that sent, like, out a shout-out to, like, all the laborers who built this country. Yeah. And uh, and I find that to be funny because he represents predominantly a black you know, community who really don't work. But, you know, that's just another story altogether. <laughs> that's another story altogether. Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know we're joking around here. <laughs> it's all for fun. It's all for fun here. So we want to thank uh, Mr. Booker, Congressman Booker, or Senator Booker. I don't know what he is anymore. We're uh, giving a shout out to the laborers. The Honorable day. Booker. That's right. You're only joking around here. We have fun. We yeah. talk about everybody. We talk about ourselves. We talk about everybody. It's all for fun. Well,
3: we'll see if uh, if our uh, president, who's supposedly pro labor, says anything tomorrow morning.
2: I doubt it. I wouldn't. I don't. Don't hold your breath. No. I well. Fuck him. You know. Right. Anyway, well, that's what I said. <laughs> all right. Well, <laughs> let's wrap it up here today. One more tune. We'll close it out. We'll see you guys Thursday. If not, hey, don't forget tune in next Sunday night our seven-year anniversary show. It's going to be a great one. And hopefully there'll be no sporting events on, and hopefully Bar Rescue won't have any specials, and Tommy will be here for the whole (laughs) show. (laughs) All right, buddy. I will see you next week.
3: All right. Good night, man.
2: Adios, muchachos. Let's wrap it up here with some Lethal Militia. Here's uh, After Dark. Take care, everybody. Have a great week.